The Light FM presents Community Spotlight, a program designed to focus on what's important to you in your community. Now here's Braxton with today's Community Spotlight. You know, I consider myself a, a dreamer in many cases, in many walks of life. Uh, so today on Community Spotlight, I have a like-minded guy with me in some ways, I guess you could say. Ross Jones, the director of the Knoxville Dream Center, is with us today on Community Spotlight. Uh, maybe a little bit of a dreamer in a different light, but uh, a dreamer in some sense. So Ross, appreciate you coming on. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Yeah, I uh, appreciate y'all having me on, but uh, highlighting the Dream Center, and I'm excited to be here. So tell us first, for folks who are unfamiliar, the organization of Dream Centers. Now, you guys are based in Knoxville, but what are Dream Centers? What do they do at their core? Yeah, um, the uh, Dream Center got its start in Los Angeles uh, through uh, Tommy and Matthew Barnett. And kind of from there, so many people have gone to Los Angeles and uh, really got uh, probably hooked on the dream, so to speak, of what uh, Matthew and Tommy did out there. And so um, every Dream Center is different because every city is different. But I think at the core of every Dream Center is to, I think uh, Tommy might have even either coined this phrase or whatever, is to find a need and fill it, find a hurt and heal it. And so, and maybe it's actually opposite of that, but the idea is there. And so Sounds um, good. <laughs> it's to look out to the community and to see the different needs that are there and as the body of Christ and as believers who are following Christ to try to meet those needs um, and share the gospel at the same time. So I think um, even though every Dream Center is different uh, from New York to Pittsburgh to, you know, all, even across the world, um, I think at the heart of every Dream Center um, are those core beliefs. Yeah, and, and helping, I guess— you know, dreams come true for the people that you're serving, too. I guess that's that's part of it. Yeah, I think a lot of that really has to come down to um, almost to a certain extent is helping people to dream again. Mm. Um, and there, people are kind of caught in whatever cycle of poverty or drug addiction or even mental illness or th- these different things. And no one may be there to come alongside them and walk with them. And so uh, when we talk about dream center, we talk about dreaming, it's, it's that some people might have never thought I could be at this place in life or, you know, a year ago, you know, I was here, but now I'm here. And so um, I think it's just helping people, helping families understand that they don't have to be alone and someone can come alongside them. Um, and help them where they're at, and understanding also that ultimately these things are, we want to help with the present, but there's an eternal aspect to all this well. And and so if you think about dreaming, obviously it's a reality, but the best thing of all is coming to know Christ and living with him for eternity. So um, I think it's pointing people in the right direction and and getting people um, off of themselves a little bit and saying, okay, where does God want me and where does God want me to go? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Giving people the ability to dream again and giving them a hope yeah. while doing it. What would you say? I guess that's probably a, a large portion, if not all of it. But what would you say the most important thing that maybe the Knoxville Dream Center does? Yeah, I think probably the best way to answer that would be just the, our mission statement um, is 
to provide good food, authentic faith, and opportunities for a brighter future for those who need it most. And so uh, we kind of encapsulate that with food, faith, and futures. And food is the platform for a lot of the things that we do. Um, and from that platform, we discover other needs and also try to look at, well, obviously we want to bring someone to faith in Christ. We want this. We always joke around. It's amazing what happens when you hand somebody a cucumber. And we'll obviously get to those things in a second, our food truck outreach and different things like that. But you'll hand somebody uh, a loaf of bread or a cucumber or something, and all of a sudden God starts moving in this simplest, kindest act. And so with that, then you start to uncover needs. You, un you uncover what someone's going through, what their family's going through. You make relationships, which is key. Um, and then also, we're, you know, the last part of that is uh, futures. And so we're looking at, well, you know, presently, this is where somebody's at, but can we, like you were just saying, give them a hope that their future can be better and, and how do we do that? And so, um, so food, faith, and futures is really kind of the, the, I hate to say the hashtag because that sounds so superficial, but really that is the core of who we are. And, you know, we try not to drift from that mission. Um, there's so, you know, if, if I take a rock right now and throw it, I'm probably going to hit need somewhere. So we really try to keep focus in our mission, but also partner with those who don't, who do something we don't do. And so it really does take a community effort to come around somebody and to, to get them going in life. You know, Ross, uh, I can get behind any hashtag that has the word food in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think, Unfortunately, I can, too. That's the problem. <laughs> and I think you'll know this, too, as a pastor. Listen, if you want people to show up, you just have a covered dish meal. You know? Exactly. That's yep. a great way to totally. start off ministry as a cucumber. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Talk more about that. You mentioned the food truck program. So you lead yeah. with the food and then ministry happens after. Yeah, so our food truck outreach is probably our most extensive outreach that we do. Um, and again, every Dream Center is different. And how we've chosen to kind of operate or to perform the food truck um, is that we partner with people in the community or churches or organizations. And so uh, Second Harvest Food Bank of East Tennessee is our main su supporter, supplier of food. And they have a, a program called Food Rescue. So what happens is, is they take a truck and they go around to the grocery stores and because new product is coming in, old product has to go out and it's not bad uh, product. And so like what I always tell people is that a shiny, shiny apple is coming in. So the shiny apple has to leave. And so it's still good food. It's not the shelf life may be a little bit shorter, uh, but it's still great food. And so uh, we get uh, two shipments in a week from Second Harvest, uh, but we get uh, thousands of pounds worth of food, and it's free, and we can distribute it out into the community, sometimes within an hour or two of actually receiving that food. In fact, that's what happens today. We receive some food, and then an hour and a half later, it's out on the street. So we have nine different locations throughout the week. We don't have quite last quarter numbers in, but I believe the quarter before that, we served 47,000 meals through that. You know, and again, our heart is at, at, at the worst thing we did today is help a family put food on the table. That's that's a fantastic bad day, right? And that's and that's awesome. But if 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 in that a church in their community can use that 
to make disciples, that's, that's, that's where it's at. And so we, and we see that with the different churches that have, that serve with us, bring the food to the community. And, and so that's our heart is to empower churches in our area to reach their communities that they're in. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to try to do everything and learn about everything in the community when a local church is already there doing it. And so if we can empower the church to reach their community where they don't have to spend funds and their contributions and different things on trying to create a food pantry, we can be that food pantry for them. That's kind of the heart and the essence of what we do at Food Truck. And then you've got Make a Teacher Smile. And I... You know, teachers are the the core of sometimes a child's life. They can make or break their educational experience, but they do so much for those kids. They pour into them. A lot of them commit financially on top of what the school is able to provide. So they out-of-pocket will spend for the kids to provide things that they need right. that they're just not getting. So teachers are so important in communities, in our nation, in our world today. And you guys are helping support some of these teachers through your Make a Teacher Smile program. Uh, I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. And so, and obviously we're kind of in the, the beginning of the school year here. So things are ramping up for us, but our Make a Teacher Smile um, program really does uh, aim at serving teachers in Title I schools. We do things for students as well, but what we found is exactly what you were just talking about, is that teachers in Title I schools, which are schools that have little to no local support and they're federally funded, um, and so uh, we kind of act like a surrogate PTA, and so what happens is, is we go into the schools and we've got seven Title I schools that we serve, and some of these schools are, are, are tough schools. And so what can we do to help a teacher want to stay in this school and teach in this school? Because we all know that teaching, my wife's a teacher, and I never heard her come home once and say, you know, I'm in this for the paycheck. I mean, that's <laughs> not it, right? And so it's a calling. And I view it as a, yeah. as a ministry. And so and I'm not saying that every teacher you know, follows Christ. But what I'm saying is they're there to help the community. And so it's, it's almost the same thing as with the food trucks. What can we do to get behind these teachers and help these teachers serve the students in their classrooms, which are our children, right? And so uh, Pastor John Unsank uh, does a phenomenal job. He is our Title I school coordinator. He goes into the schools and he talks to the teachers and he talks to the principals and he finds out the needs. Um, there's been several times that he's gone into the school and he'll be coming into the principal's office. And unfortunately, some parents just laid it out on this principal and he'll come in. And I mean, it gives me goosebumps right now, really, is that that principal just starts weeping and he'll come over and pray for him. And so he's been in ministry for, gosh, probably uh, 40, 50 years. And so he just loves people and he knows how to minister to people. Um I actually wish I had the energy that Pastor John had, and I don't. But um, so anyways, but that's the, the essence is, is, you know, we want to show the love of Christ to these teachers and also support them in practical ways. So one of the things that we do is our Make a Teacher Smile campaign, which we do a school supply drive, but it's actually for the teachers. Upon average, a Title I school teacher will spend $500 of their own money 
to support their classrooms. I think it's a lot higher than that. I think $500 is probably really low. Uh, we do a campaign every year. And so this year we find out what their needs are because a lot of times we don't want to be accused of here. Here's a bunch of stuff. We know you need it and they, <laughs> they don't need it. So we're doing Expo markers and Ticonderoga number two pencils. And it has to be a Ticonderoga number two pencil because that is the only pencil a teacher wants. And so we will do that specific one. And so we do 300 teachers we support. And so we are actually at the point of, uh, I think about 250 uh, teachers, we have uh, fully funded the program for or the campaign for 250 teachers so far. So, so only 50 teachers left and that's great. Uh, but we also do things during the year as well. And so last year, one of the things we did, it seems really, very simple, uh, but we actually kind of, there's a thing called refill coffee cart and they go into businesses and schools and they like give gourmet coffee to the people of the businesses or schools. Wow. So we, we basically hired them or paid for all of our seven schools to have a refill coffee cart. You would have thought we gave each teacher a million dollars. So, of course, if we gave them a million dollars, we'd probably see even a bigger reaction. But I'm just saying, refill coffee cart was like the thing. I've never seen like just the reaction and the the outpouring of gratitude because of the love that they felt through a, a cup of coffee. So, yeah, our teachers are so important. Education so important. And I believe that the church needs to be in the middle of that conversation. You can find so much of what's going on with the Knoxville Dream Center on their website. It's knoxvilledreamcenter.org. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram, too. they got a number of things going on that you can hear from Ross. Uh, their Make a Teacher Smile program is a great way for you to get involved. Their food truck sites, they have nine of them. Uh, plenty of things that you can do to help your community. That's really our passion on Community Spotlight is to help ignite an interest in your heart to help folks that are doing that very thing in your community. And Ross, for me, I know there's a couple other things that we want to touch on. We're, we're, we're really out of time, but I'll, I'll encourage folks to go to your website, your Facebook page, and hear about some of the other things that you do, like the homeless outreach. But I want to touch on this real quick because I want to hit it home for folks listening. For me, I'm so busy. We're all so busy. Sometimes, you know, we get caught up in our schedules that we overlook someone in need, uh, a family that is low on money or low on food or could just, I think you've learned this, Ross, when you refill the coffee for the teachers it's refilling their coffee, yes, but they get more from the thought, the care that they receive from you than they do filling up their mug, you know? So how can I, oh, yeah. how can listeners be more attentive to other people in need in our sphere of influence, neighbors, people at work, whatever the case may be? How can we see the need and take the time to meet it? Because most of the time it's a simple Hey, I see you. Hey, I found this. Here's a $25 gift card to Food Line. Most of the time, it's not much, but a little goes a long way. So how can we see those things and really help meet those needs for our communities? Yeah, I think I would hit it on two different aspects. And one is going to sound so counterintuitive to our organization. But the reality is our organization and other organizations like, like us probably wouldn't have to exist 
if we were probably better neighbors. And I say that for myself. And, and so I think just being engaged in our community, being engaged in your neighborhood to find out those needs is super important. However, if, if, if in your area or whatever, maybe there's not a lot of need or whatever, I would um, get hooked in with an organization. It doesn't have to be the Knoxville Dream Center. Obviously, this is going out to uh, different communities, but get involved in an in a organization that is touching the community already. They've already laid out the groundwork. They've done their homework. They understand things that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just get hooked in with a bunch of people who are passionate about getting out into their community and making a difference and making an impact. And making an impact doesn't have to be this huge thing. Again, it's, it's simple acts and simple things, handing a cucumber to somebody, um, you know, uh, drop, you know, just contributing $20 to, to an organization, again, to, to help with, with whatever they're doing. It's just simple things. And I think if we all can be a part of that, you know, fabric in our community that, you know, not one part of our community needs to be left out. Getting part of an organization that's trying to touch and feed into all aspects of the community, I think is important. And so, um, and find your niche, find where you come to serve. Maybe you, you don't have a lot of time, but you're thinking, hey, I can financially contribute. And some people are like, well, I don't have a lot of things, extra money at the end of the month, but I would love to volunteer my time. Both are needed and both are equally important. And so I think getting involved in, in an organization that's already done it uh, will get you activated in a great way. Because we've run out of time, Ross, we have more things to talk about. So this means we're going to have to have you back. <laughs> I am there. Yeah. I am there. That'd be awesome. Ross Jones, he is the director of the Knoxville Dream Center there in Knoxville. Again, find him on Facebook, Instagram, give him a follow or a like there. And then all the info of what they're doing, which, as you can tell, is a lot, is on their website, KnoxvilleDreamCenter.org. Ross, appreciate your time, man. Keep dreaming. Hey, appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, Bradford. We hope you enjoyed today's Community Spotlight covering issues that matter to you in your community. If you have a suggestion for a future program, just call 800-330-9648. That's 800-330-9648. Be sure to join us next week for another Community Spotlight with Braxton on The Light FM.